the Sullivan County Democrat Podcast, brought to you by the Kitchen Table Cafe in Calhoun, New York. Check them out on Instagram to see what in-house baked goods they're cooking up. I'm Managing Editor Joe Abraham, and here are some of this week's top stories. The evidentiary hearing before the Forestburg Zoning Board of Appeals regarding the denial of building permits to Lost Lakes Holdings, LLC, proceeded on Thursday, June 23rd, with the continuation of the cross-examination of Building Inspector Glenn Gabbard from LLH legal representative Stephen Barshoff. In the cross-examination, Barshoff presented Gabbard with a number of visuals and letters regarding the architecture of the building plans that were denied. These documents included rendered visuals of building plans, fact statements, affidavits, and memorandums that were written by various individuals involved in the case. At the previous meeting on June 22nd, Gabbard was represented by Harris Beach PLLC member Elliot Halleck. However, the following day's hearing brought fellow Harris Beach associate Megan Feenan onto the scene to represent Gabbard. The cross-examination concluded for the day after Gabbard was granted additional time to examine presented documents and was excused. After Gabbard's departure, Barshaw requested from the ZBA another subpoena, this time for the appearance and testimony of engineer Charles Voss. According to Gabbard's testimony, Voss assisted him in his decision-making process, but that the overall decision to not issue the building permits was his alone. To this request, Barshaw was denied by the ZBA, but was encouraged by the board to contact Voss should he so please. Barshaw also discussed with the ZBA and their legal representative Javid Afzali of Harris Beach the definitions and use of amicus briefs and whether two recent submissions should be recognized in the case. The ZBA has yet to take any official action regarding the appeals process. The cross-examination is in talks to continue once again at a later date. As the topic of gun control continues to make its way throughout state and national government, U.S. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer announced last Saturday the Bipartisan Safer Communities Act, which has now been signed into law. The act came in response to recent mass shootings in Buffalo and Evalde, Texas. Its main functions include enhanced background checks for people under 21, creating a $750 million funding pot to incentivize red flag laws, close the, quote, boyfriend loophole, enforce action on gun dealers and illegal trafficking of firearms, and increase funding and support for children and family mental health services. This bipartisan gun legislation will save lives, said Schumer. The American people have waited long enough, and after decades of the NRA's vice grip, legislation has finally progressed to keep our communities safe. As the author of the Brady Background Checks Bill from 1994, the last major legislative effort to fight gun violence in Congress, I'm pleased that this moment has finally come, and that we're finally taking meaningful action to keep our communities safe, said Senator Schumer. This would not be possible without survivors of gun violence, families, and advocates who have turned their grief into action and lit a candle to bring us out of the darkness to finally pass common sense gun safety laws. Schumer added, quote, I hope that this paves the way for future action on guns in Congress and at all levels of government. This is not a cure-all for all the ways gun violence affects our nation, but it is a long overdue step in the right direction. Passing this gun safety bill is truly significant and is going to save lives. In addition to legislation that Schumer announced, the United States Supreme Court ruled last week that the New York State's concealed carry gun law was unconstitutional in a 6-3 decision. The law formally required those applying for a license to have, quote, proper cause to conceal carry a firearm outside of their homes, but has since been struck down by the Supreme Court on the basis of it violating the Second Amendment of the Bill of Rights. Champions of the Second Amendment praised the ruling. 
Lee Zeldin, a Republican congressman who is running for governor, said, quote, the Supreme Court's decision marks a historic, proper, and necessary victory for law-abiding citizens of New York whose Second Amendment rights have been under constant attack. It reaffirms their inherent right to safety and securely carry to protect themselves, their families, and their loved ones, and the principle that this constitutional right shall not be infringed. New York State Governor Kathy Hochul, who will face off against Selden in November, called the decision not just reckless, but reprehensible. She said, quote, if the federal government will not have sweeping laws to protect us, our states and our governors have a moral responsibility to do what we can and have laws to protect our citizens because of what is going on. The insanity of the gun culture that has possessed everyone all the way up to the Supreme Court. Staying on the topic of the New York State governor race, incumbent Governor Kathy Hochul and Republican challenger Lee Selden both fended off challengers in Tuesday's primaries. Hochul easily cruised to victory over her primary opponent's Long Island Congressman Tom Susie and New York City public advocate Shimani Williams. According to unofficial election results from the New York State Board of Elections, Hochul received 66.49% of the vote compared to 19.01% by Williams and 12.83% by Susie. It has been the highest honor of my life to serve as governor for the past 10 months, Hochul said. We passed nation-leading gun safety laws. We will respond to the Supreme Court's assault on the, my right as a governor to protect New Yorkers from concealed weapons. We've gone on offense to protect abortion rights, increasing protections for providers, increased our funding, expanding our capacity, and making the world know that New York State is a safe harbor for America's women. On the Republican side, Selden claimed victory with 43.51% of the vote, followed by political commentator and advisor Andrew Giuliani, who had 22.63%. Coming in third place in the Republican primary was former Westchester County Executive Rob Astorino with 18.09% of the vote, followed by businessman Harry Wilson, who had 14.54% of the vote. Selden said in a statement after his victory, quote, Kathy Hochul has now been warned that the people of New York are coming for her job at the ballot box this November. We will secure our streets. We will make New York more affordable again. We will fight for our kids and our schools. We will fight to preserve freedom to our families to stay here and be strong. Hochul's running mate, Lieutenant Governor Antonio Delgado, also claimed victory on Tuesday by wide margins, earning 57.1% of the vote and fending off Anna Marie Archilla and Diana Reyna. On the Republican side, Zeldin has chosen to run alongside New York PD Deputy Inspector Allison Esposito, who ran unopposed for the Republican Party's Lieutenant Governor nomination. To see how Sullivan County voted in last week's elections, as well as what's ahead in this coming summer primaries, check out editor Matt Shortall's story on today's front page. Turning our attention back to the Supreme Court, they overturned Roe v. Wade in a 6-3 ruling last week in a case stemming from a Mississippi law banning abortions after 15 weeks of pregnancy. This decision also overturns Planned Parenthood v. Casey, which made fetal viability the standard for abortion legislation and created the undue burden standard which states that a legislature cannot make a law that is too burdensome or restrictive of one's fundamental rights. Ultimately, the Supreme Court decided the Constitution does not confer a right to abortion and the authority to regulate abortion is returned to elected state representatives. Dozens of activists gathered outside the Lawrence H. Cook Courthouse on Broadway in Monticello on Friday to protest against the ruling. Protests had a number of chants that can be heard in many towns and cities across the country. Quote, when abortion rights are under attack, what do we do? Fight back. They also chanted, pro-life, that's a lie. You don't care if people die. 
Many honked their car horns and cheered as they drove past the courthouse, although there were occasional moments of conflict, such as when one passing motorist shouted to the crowd, Demons! Demons! Though Governor Kathy Hochul has made it clear that New York would be a safe haven for abortion access, many states could see several changes in their abortion laws, and many more already have laws on the books that became activated when the Supreme Court delivered their final decision. Lieutenant Governor Antonio Delgado, formerly the congressional representative for New York's 19th district, which included Sullivan County, said on Spectrum News, quote, the overturning of Roe v. Wade is a reassertion of a social order grounded in patriarchy and male domination. It is about control, it is about power, and it is akin to a period of time when women were not their own people, but the property of their husbands. Those who believe that life begins at conception have argued that the question of abortion should be left to the states and be decided upon by elected officials as opposed to a federal court of appointed judges. Reacting to the decision, Annette Ryan, founder of the First Way Life Center in Monticello, told the Democrat, quote, over 60 million unborn babies have died since Roe v. Wade. When you think about the enormity of the people that have died already, we don't want that to continue. Community activist and organizer Barr Schmidt told the Democrat that the decision was an attack on women's health care, which is devastating. Protests and demonstrations have taken place across the country, both to denounce and celebrate the court's decision. Some protesters have gathered in front of the homes of Supreme Court justices. According to federal prosecutors, an unarmed 26-year-old man was arrested near the Maryland home of Associate Justice Brett Kavanaugh in early June and was indicted by a federal grand jury on an attempted murder charge. Our paper will continue to cover reaction to recent Supreme Court decisions, including ones that took place after press time on Thursday. That does it for today's episode of the Sullivan County Democrat Podcast, brought to you by the Kitchen Table Cafe. We hope everyone has a healthy and safe 4th of July weekend, and we'll catch up with you next week for the latest headlines.